You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again, and welcome to our post-sermon podcast. And I have a new voice on here with me that I didn't realize you had not been on here yet today. It's Grant Ketron. Yeah, man. First time on a podcast ever. So glad to be here. Well, we're just so rich in knowledge. We can't believe we haven't gleaned from you prior to today. Grant is our uh, high school pastor here at Charity, and so uh, he imparts the word regularly to our students and occasionally uh, on a church-wide basis. And so, hey, thanks for being on here today. Yeah, man. It's great. And uh, really excited to talk about the content from this past Sunday. Really enjoyed it. Took a lot of good notes myself. And uh, I know that for the rest of our church, it was probably the same. So, um, well, just a few questions that I had um, thinking about the series as a whole and kind of what you've been preparing and working through. Um, this is the last week of our, I love my city series. So yep. I was curious just as an attender, I mean, I work with you on staff. I, I know the preparation you do behind the scenes on your messages. Um, but what, what was this series like preparing for? Was it, was it hard? Was it easy? Was it something that you felt like you had to stretch yourself? Uh, walk us through like what that, yeah. the last five weeks have been yeah. like for you. Yeah. Well, we had just come off of the series um, entitled, I Love My Church. And I think always the fear for me as a Christian growing up in the church and, and being a Christian for a long time is we almost become so, um, and we, we were using some language in the beginning of this series about insider-outsider. Uh, insiders being those who are followers of Jesus inside the church, outsiders are anyone who, those who are outside the faith. And our desire is we want outsiders to become insiders. But the problem with the church um, is that it's easily, it, we easily become insider focused. And so as we came off the series, I Love My Church and talking about the things that we as Christians as believers, as people in the church, we should be engaged in the ministries of the church, mm. but we should never be so insider focused that we lose the vision for our city and the community in which we're, we're placed. So uh, in a sense, it was easy because I want that to be our focus. You know, I want it, if we just are constantly insider focused, then we just become fat and happy and lazy. But when we fat see, and sassy. yeah, exactly. And, but when we see that the fields are, are wide into harvest, that we need to be in our community and loving our community well. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the series. I hope everybody else did as well. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you see a lot of churches in this area. Um, I know we've been talking a little bit about how many churches there are just in Kannapolis, which yeah. just seems like an insane amount of churches and how many of them have uh, sort of shut their doors off to the community that they're in, yeah. uh, that they live in. You know, I think I think something like this, a series like this, is not a series we see super often just because uh, we do tend to have this uh, propensity towards, um, you know, we, we do want to shepherd our sheep richly. We do want to be faithful servants and we want to show ourselves as those who have been uh, set apart and we, and we want to just, we want to love the people that God's put in our life well. But I think um, a byproduct of that is that uh, the community that we're in, the people that we're around that do not believe the same things we believe that don't. Uh, grow up in the church environments and settings we can sort of turn ourselves off to and turn ourselves away from. I think uh, typically we see a couple things, which is uh, the church sort of embraces this coldness towards the world. Yeah. Um, in our theology, we've we've uh, sort of embraced this idea that, um, and you talked about it a little bit in your sermon, 
um, this sort of wickedness and crookedness, which is true. Yeah. We can see wickedness and crookedness in our own life. I know I can. Sure, absolutely. Um, but we sort of an, an adopt this sort of coldness towards the world. Like it's uh, the church is sort of this bubble that we can protect ourselves from the elements, you mm-hmm. know, so to speak. Um, that's one way. Or another way is just being sort of this superiority complex yeah. where uh, we sort of we've unlocked the the treasure we've uh, we've found it. We've reached our end point, our end destination. And those who haven't are somehow less than us. Right. I don't think that's true. when We look at scripture. Right. And I think that what you're talking about, that first part, it, it's two things that I look at. And I and I I look at insulation or isolation. And I believe as, as Christians, we are called to be insulated from the world. That's what Jesus prayed for his disciples. He said, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. Yeah. I'm just praying you protect them from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And that is that, that's that insulation from being guarded against the, the evils of the world and the crookedness of the world and the, uh, all of those things impacting and, and affecting us personally. But it's insulation versus isolation. And I think there's a lot of churches that live isolated from the world in the sense that they have no impact in the world. Uh, we had yeah. a missionary yeah. that was here and they were going to raise support in a in a city nearby. And, uh, you know, he came walking into the church with a coffee cup with the name of a coffee shop that was in a part of town that was noted for some immorality and some things that took place in this particular, well, it was Asheville. Okay. okay. And so, I mean, <laughs> I was no reason to protect that. Yeah. So you know what that culture's like. So he goes into this coffee shop there in Asheville and drinks it and he comes walking in and one of the staff members looks at him and go, you were over there. And he goes, yeah. He goes, we don't go to that part of town. And I'm like, that is not what we're called to be, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just an astralist. This has nothing spiritual at all. But I watched, uh, I watched uh, three homeless people play guitar. Yeah. And it was actually uh, really entertaining. They had a, uh, they had like a whole little posse there, and uh, just a very different culture. You yeah. know, it's uh, everybody seemed just very sort of loosey goosey and free. And <laughs> you know, if you're not used to Asheville, it's, it's sort of a wake up call. It's sort yeah. of new, but beautiful area, man. And man, if you're if you're listening to the, the podcast right now and you haven't taken a fall trip to see some mountain views, I would encourage you to go check it out. Grab some coffee. I went to Rowan. Okay. It, it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, Rowan Coffee. Uh, their cold brew is amazing. So just a shameless plug for Rowan. We, we don't go to that part yeah. of town, okay? I'm, okay, okay. I'm not a sponsor. I'm not a sponsor. But yeah, I mean, I think I think we, uh, we've we talked a little bit about an us versus them mentality. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Christ has called us to be set apart from the world. And yet he himself says um, when he's in this position of being judged, you know, that we're we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And I think that uh, I think that as believers, we figure out this. Uh, this this way where we're able to guard that which has been entrusted to us, mm. but at the same way, in the same vein, uh, show a genuine, heartfelt, sincere love for those who do not know Christ that we have a desire for them to see, to come to know Christ. You know, I, I texted you this week about uh, someone who was at church for uh, the first time in a long time yeah. and talked about how much they enjoyed it. You know, I think it's I think it's a it's a breath of fresh air that we can have guests come to our church mm-hmm. and they aren't. Uh, turned off by how, uh, whatever we are, you know, uh, if that we're jerks or we're uh, judgmental or we, you know, we, we present the gospel in such a way that, 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 um, that presents itself as, uh, contrary or aggressive or, uh, just, just not good. So it's a good thing when we can hear guests that say, this was a great experience, even though I'm not maybe uh, a believer or not, I I wouldn't call myself necessarily close to Christ. I can come to a place like charity and feel love. 
I think part of what we get confused on <clears throat> is we know that we're doing battle against the prince, um, prince and the power of the air. Right. But I think too often we put the face of people as the those that we're that we're against, and we're not. We're right. doing battle against Satan for the lives of people yeah. in our community. And when we see someone who doesn't believe the way that we believe, they don't live the way we believe, they don't vote the way we vote. When we see those people, we almost, if we're not careful, they become the enemy, mm-hmm. and they're not the enemy. Mm-hmm. They are the they're the mission. Right. They're the reason we're here. They're the reason we are to love our city well. They're the reason we are the church to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And so uh, it, it's that doing battle against the prince and power, prince and powers of the air. I'm not using the right language there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the uh, but it's not the face of the human. It's 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 satanic forces doing battle for the same souls that we're out there supposed to, that we're supposed to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should represent that well. Absolutely. And I think as we talk about the world and you use the, uh, the term, the, the word scolios, is that yeah. a Greek, I guess? Or? Yeah, that's the, that's the Greek version of it. Yeah. And uh, I wrote in my sermon when you were, or in my, in my notes, when you were speaking about that, you defined it as bent or crooked in the wrong direction, which yeah. I think is when we look at culture, it's not hard for us to see uh, bentness, crookedness in our own life. Um, so here's my question. Um, as the world becomes more this way, more mm-hmm. scolios, more crooked, more wicked, as, as we have propensities towards that, how does our urgency change? I know in, uh, in Philippians 2, the text that you were in, um, you had encouraged us uh, with what Paul said, um, that we would work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, mm-hmm. I know you, you talked about this just a little bit. But I was wondering if you could unpack that a little bit more. What does it mean to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Yeah. Well, I think that um, understanding that we are doing battle against a, a crooked and twisted generation. And, and there is there is this, um, there is the, the way that we see our culture. They know that we're in election season, okay? And so there's a lot of talk around yeah, a let's lot. Let's get right of, down to it. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of talk around that, around some immorality. There's just some things that we as followers of Jesus, I just don't think we can get behind on any level. And uh, and so, but we see the twisting and the bending to try to get the vote. And, and what happens is we see that crookedness. And if we're not careful, we will fall victim to bending and twisting scripture to fit our own life. Right. And, you know, as I approach the word of God, and I know you're the same way, and and every guy that we have that preaches around here, that's the reason I entrust you guys to do that, because I know we all have a high regard for scripture. And that scripture, old and new, is all, it's all inspired by God to tell us more about him and to cause us to live in a reverence and an awe toward him. Yeah. And so as as we look at scripture, my goodness, to to use this, and we joke around here about uh, taking God's name in vain, you know, in, in certain ways. And I think that people, in some senses, we use scripture to justify our actions and it's taking God's word in vain. Right. And so I think right. that that whole idea of living in awe and in reverence, um, is just simply understanding the uh, the weight of holiness and being set apart and living in such a way that we we have this fear and trembling toward God being in His presence. We wouldn't act a certain way, right? 
Right. Yeah. I think I think we have to be careful when we look at the Old Testament. Uh, uh, when we look at the Old Testament narrative, we see this God of fierce judgment mm-hmm. um, who who demands justice for his people, who's going to be faithful to bring about his promises, but also he's going to be faithful to bring about his wrath. And we see that clearly in sure. the example of Christ on the cross and uh, God pouring out the wrath of sin on his own son. I mean, that's the love he had for you and I. So in calling us to be set apart, to be holy, uh, the Lord knows that this was our original intention, that mm-hmm. we were meant to be holy and set apart. That's what we see in the Garden of Eden. That's what we see with Adam and Eve. And I think when we get away from this is when we start getting into a lot of trouble. I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to know that wickedness and crookedness eventually has an endpoint, right? Sure. And so as we talk about uh, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, I think we, we need to keep that in mind that the Lord is, is, the, is the primal, ultimate, um, singularly important th- uh, uh, being, entity in our life that we, we, we aspire to please him in all that we do. Because I think we get away from that, like you were talking about this last week in the message, uh, we not only leave a displeasing taste in, um, in, in our city's mouth, mm. but more importantly in God's mouth. Oh yeah. And, and that's what we have to check out is, 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 is we need to live holy and set apart. And one of the things that you mentioned, really Paul mentions it in the text, but um, you mentioned it is uh, grumbling and disputing. Let's get into this. Uh, let's get into grumbling and disputing because we all know as Christians, we do a great job at never complaining about right, things. Right, right, absolutely. So you defined uh, grumbling in your message as uh, murmuring, yeah. Uh, which is actually really hard to spell if you're like me at <laughs> 11 in the morning, murmuring. What do you call those words that sound like... Um, oh, what's the name of that? Anyway, it, it's it's a it's a term that the the word sounds like what it's describing. Oh, I have no idea. I can't remember. I was, terrible. I can't, I was always terrible. I English. can't remember the name of the word. Um, but you said you want people to know you're displeased. Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia. Okay, <laughs> I think that's what I it is. Never gotten it. I would have never gotten it. But you don't want them to know what exactly it is. So, um, yeah. So how well how 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 can how can Christians get better at mm. not grumbling and complaining? What, what are some checks and balances that you keep in your life that you encourage for other believers? How can we get better at this? Well, first of all, I'm not good at it. I, if anybody's a murmurer and a complainer, by nature, I am that. I I have to intentionally guard myself against it, and I seldom get it right. <laughs> you're, you're, I, you're in good company, Marty. You're in good, <laughs> I seldom get it right. I'm sure with our listeners, too, you're in good company. I, I am just, um, you know, a murmurer... Uh, you know, and it's that it's that under the breath kind of compl- kind of complaining. You know, it, that's yeah. what that describes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the example I think the best of is, um, well, I mean, did your your dad ever wake you up early on like a Saturday morning? And oh have you yeah, to, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Dad, if you're listening to this, I just want to apologize for the many many years <laughs> many years that you woke me up early in the morning and I would do nothing but murmuring and grumbling for about an hour yeah. leading into the work. But you wouldn't say it out loud to him because oh, you know what was coming if you yeah, did. <laughs> of course. Yeah. My, my parents did believe in capital punishment. So yeah. I experienced that the, to the full length. But uh, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. So how, how do we how do we improve at this? Yeah, I, I think we just have to be aware of it. And we have to have people around us that that can be honest with us that go, hey, you know, you're murmuring and complaining right now. And what can you do? about? It? And I think that we murmur and complain to people that can do nothing about solving the problem that we're murmuring and complaining about. Right. Of course. And there's where, you know, you get into gossip, you get into yeah. disputes and dissensions and things like that. And, you know, we know God hates those kinds of things. Right. But it's that, uh, and, I, and I made a joke about it, uh, but it, but it is true in a lot of churches, the murmuring 
happens in the church lobbies a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the uh, man, and, and you know, we could go down a long list of of things that people murmur about in church and things that we murmur about in church, right? Right. And uh, but but I think it's just conscientiously knowing I am in a season, or I am in I'm caught in this downward spiral of murmuring about things under my breath or to myself. And I'm complaining a lot. <clears throat> and then my da- I was talking to my, my parents actually yesterday about this. Um, just some things going on and, and, and whatever. She said, you know what your dad used to do? He would leave and, and my dad was a truck driver before he retired. And Ruston, Louisiana is in North Louisiana. And Alexandria, Louisiana is about midpoint between um, North Louisiana and if you got down to okay. the, the south part. Okay. So my dad was a truck driver. He drove from... North Louisiana down to New Orleans a lot, yeah. making deliveries down to, to Tabasco, actually, down okay. that way. And so he would start in Ruston when he'd get in his truck. And about two hours later, he would start naming his blessings, start counting his blessings, naming them one by one. And he would say, and I'd never heard this until my mom told me yesterday, that he wouldn't finish until he got to Alexandria. Man. For two hours. Yeah. He was just rehearsing the blessings and the things that God had done for him and not so much focusing on the things that, you know, we're murmuring and playing about. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, man, what better example do we have than the Apostle Paul who's writing this in prison in Philippi? And you've got these opponents that he mentions in chapter one, verses 27 to 30. And we know that there are some opponents, not of the gospel, but of Paul's ministry himself. They're trying to uh, show that he wasn't an apostle worth to be followed and he's in jail. So he's writing the Philippians, not even able to be in their presence to defend his own honor. And he's encouraging them. You guys need to unite. You guys need to stay together. In the beginning of uh, Philippians two, he's, he's walking through how our unity, our spiritual unity leads to preserve the gospel. Yeah. And, and in chapter four, we're talking about murmuring, complaining, and grumbling, which is not something that we do well as Christians uh, or even as people. And I love what Paul says in Philippians 4, 8. It's a verse we all know, we all know really well. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, honorable whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I'm going to add a little pastoral side note, uh, say those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, James three is very, very clear on this, that our tongue is used for two things. We either curse with bless, it yeah. or we bless with it. Yeah. There's no middle ground. And so I think that, um, in our hearts, we attack the heart, the root issue first, but then we also think about, um, in our, in our words and our thoughts, are we dwelling on those things that are honorable and lovely and true? Because Man. typically you'd probably agree with me. We don't, we no, don't we typically don't. dwell on those yeah. things. And that's what I think the Lord, and that's what Paul makes it very clear that we should. Man, that's, that's the great writing of Paul. He's able to tell us not to do this, but here's what you do. You focus on these things and, you know, and, and there've been times in my life where I intentionally journal those things. I'm not a great journal. I'm a terrible journaler. <laughs> if you ever looked at my journals, when I die and my kids look at them and go, wait, he journaled for three days and then he quit for three years and then he did it again. You know, it's going to be terrible. I'm not good at it, but there are intentional times where I have to write those things down Yes, and think upon the right things. And you could spend plenty of time in just that verse that you just read uh, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that we're running low on time, so I wanted to ask one more question to you, Marty, because okay. we've we've went through five weeks of this. Yeah. Five weeks. Five weeks. Um, so as this series comes to a close, I love my city. We're here in Canapolis in 2022. We are Charity Church. As this series comes to a close, 
how would you encourage or shepherd us as the flock of charity, the yeah. people of charity? What's one sort of large application that we can take away from this series going forward? Yeah, I think that if you take the two series that we did together, I love my church and I love my city. And if you take those two things, I think as followers of Jesus, we needed to be root, deep, uh, deeply rooted in the body of Christ, mm. hold, held accountable, being in small groups, being a part of, of the Sunday gathering, uh, being intentional disciple making groups. So we need to be deeply rooted in the church yes, so that we can be more effective in the community and right. in our city and making sure that, that as we're in the world, we don't become a part of the world and we don't let uh, the sins of the world begin to bring us down. And so if you take the two together, it's deeply rooted in the church and in the, you know, as Paul even finished off this passage that we did, it's that um, it's the, the holding on to the truth of the word of God. Right. And we do that through a body of believers. We're not doing that in a vacuum by ourselves. We got to have a body so that we can be more effective uh, in the world. And so that's kind of how I would say it. You got to be deeply rooted so yeah. that you can be more effective. Yeah, absolutely. We don't, we don't say this as an aside. We, we genuinely believe that you look across the entirety of the narrative of scripture that uh, our faith is not individualistic. Mm -mm. It is communal and absolutely. we thrive and, and succeed as Christians in community with one another. People didn't become saved believers in the New Testament. And then the apostles said, well, good luck. You know, right. I hope you find somebody to disciple you or maybe buy a Bible at Lifeway this weekend. <laughs> They're immediately plugged into a church. And I think charity is a church that we can look and we can see intentional community being built, uh, discipleship happening. Discipleship is happening for those of you guys who are listening. Yeah. And uh, if you guys are not being discipled, if you have a desire to disciple, man, please reach out to us. Uh, we would love to get you connected in some way because our faith is not individualized. Mm. It is communal. So Marty, thanks so much for walking us through this. And Hey, uh, thanks for joining me today in this. We're, this week, we're starting a brand new series called Legacy. And, um, and, and so this week, we're going to be uh, talking about the family legacy. And uh, the question is, um, you know, what, what are you, uh, what kind of legacy are you leaving behind for the next generation? Mm. And so uh, looking forward to getting into that. We're going to be in Judges chapter two. Very uh, excited. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, thanks again for listening. Appreciate Hey, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Grant. It was a Enjoyed pleasure. It. Yeah. it was a pleasure. All right. Till next week. <laughs>